Howdy Perry sisters and allies, Beth, Annie, Nat, and future guests are here to talk about how perimenopause is affecting our lives. We have more than likely been boozing, so if you're easily offended or you're looking for serious medical advice, you should see yourself out right now. We're gonna need a lot more lube, ass acne, and curly graying pubes. Why are there whiskers on my boobs? It's perimenopause. Hello and welcome to Beth and Annie's Podcast. I am one of your hosts, Beth, and I have been in perimenopause since I was 38. I am now 45. I am naturally joined by my sister, Annie. Say hi, Annie. Hi, I'm Annie. I'm currently 42 and I've been in perimenopause since I was 38, so four years now. And for those of you who have been uh, longtime listeners, we're here with our friend, Nat. Nat, why are you here? Well, I've given the same answer like the last six or seven episodes. One of, the, one of these days, I'm going to throw you a curveball and I'm just going to give you totally different reasons <laughs> just to see if you've been paying attention. But I'm, I'm here because I may or may not have a wife that's roughly your age that is possibly going through similar stuff that you are. And I didn't know about any of this until you started talking to me about it um, several months ago. And I was interested. I just had I didn't know it was a thing. And so I'm trying to learn because it seems kind of like a big deal that a lot of people don't know about. So thanks for letting me tag along. Yeah, you're a great partner. So the goal of the podcast is to educate, validate and support and normalize the experience of perimenopause. We talked about how uh, future episodes will have a newer format where we have a special guest every time. Today, we are happy to welcome my friend, Michelle. Uh, Michelle, can you tell us about yourself? Like how old you are, if you're willing, how many years you've been in perimenopause? Do you have kids, married, single? Uh, yeah, Michelle, I'm 40 years old. Um, I have a four-year-old and I am married. Now, whether or not I'm in perimenopause, I don't know. All I can say is the last two years, getting older as a woman has not been fun. So <laughs> I'm just, just going to go with that may or may not be but there's a lot of things happening that, <laughs> that's not fun for anybody exactly is this going to be our first ever on-air diagnosis from beth the doctor <laughs> Doctor. Beth. at the end of this episode are you gonna give your opinion yes uh, and um my credentials as a doctor would sort of be like dr phil's credentials right so, so not he a actually has a doctorate. You know? Oh, he does? Oh, he's I know. Not, he he's not a licensed, no. uh, he's no. not a licensed no. he's not doctor. He has a doctorate. I do think that he earned, yeah, I think he's allowed yeah. to call oh, himself right. doctor, but okay. it's almost more of like an honor. I thought it was all of those. No. But he's, he's not, he's not licensed in whatever state he's in. Uh, but he's doing fine even without that medical practice. You know an awful lot about him, Nat. I do because um, he's kind of a snake oil salesman, right? him and Dr. as a psychologist Ross. he bothers me <laughs> a he, lot he bothers me an awful lot too i'm just saying he's exceedingly wealthy also so you know who am i to judge he's done all right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so but there is a disclaimer at the beginning of our episodes not to take any of your advice too seriously so i think you you've kind of covered yourself if you want to throw around diagnoses that's fine okay all right that sounds like fun yeah, yeah. we could we remind my people. daughter that i am technically a doctor to try to get her to like listen to me. 
All right, well, now that we have uh, that established, Michelle is the only doctor here today. All right. Yep. Um, so these episodes that we'll be covering, we covered a couple of them um, in regards to plumbing. Today, we're going to talk more about plumbing and focus on uh, urinary symptoms. So we mentioned before that genitourinary syndrome of menopause or GSM is the thinning, drying, and inflammation of vaginal walls um, and urethral tissues. So it's a condition obviously that causes both vaginal and urinary symptoms. That's why we have the combination of the words. And so again, we're gonna today focus on urinary symptoms and potential treatments. I do have another disclaimer here in my little cheat sheet. As always, it's best to seek the advice of a licensed medical professional. But Dr. Phil apparently is, well, he wouldn't be licensed. No, he's he just not. Has a doctorate. No, he's so, not he's a not. medical professional. Come on. Yeah. Like saying I'm a medical professional. So just like seek advice, but not specifically from Dr. Phil. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. I think that works. All right. Um, so of course I have to ask you about the symptoms because that's kind of my lane. So I want to ask you about what are the symptoms of urinary incontinence? I think some of them are probably obvious, but I know you're going to give me more than I bargained for when I ask questions like this. I did learn some stuff as I was doing my own research. So I knew about stress incontinence. I just didn't know what it was called. And I knew about urge incontinence. Um, so stress incontinence is due to having weak pelvic floor muscles. And basically it's when you pee, you know, when you, when you do stuff cough, sneeze, run, jump, hiccup, have sex, doesn't matter. You're going to leak. Urge incontinence is having the sudden urge to pee, but you really need to pee and it happens all of a sudden unexpectedly. Whereas nocturia, which is what I have, is when you have to keep getting up multiple times a night to pee. And then- That's a problem? Like, yes. Thanks for adding to my list. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to make this diagnosis really easy by the end of the episode. It's official, Michelle. <laughs> um, and then the last one with, on the list that I saw was painful urination, which is uh, due to having urinary tract infections. Hey, can I ask you a question? Mm -hmm. This list you have here with uh, peeing when coughing, laughing, running, jumping, hiccuping, or having sex. Is, did you pick those six activities at random, or is that just pretty much cover all... Like, is, is that just everything? There's more. What are, are there's more? Yeah, what are, there are what more are, situations. What are, what are other things that fall outside those six things? Because when I saw that list, I was just like, do we do anything else? I guess, so, like, I guess we ride bikes. I don't know. So for me, one thing that would happen is like, like if we would go hiking, if I would start to slip going downhill, oh. like as one foot went like that, just like the sudden shift in my lower body, I would start to pee a little. So like sudden movements. Yep. And okay. I fell once, like I just slid and actually hit right down on my butt. And as soon as I did, it was, it was not pleasant. It was not good. It wasn't just a little leak that time. It was like full on emptying yep. of the bladder. Yeah. Yeah. Were you out in public? In fact, uh, I was at somebody's house. Uh, we were visiting with uh, one of my daughter's friends. We were at her house. Luckily I had a long shirt on and I was able, nobody knew except for my husband when I told him, I was like, I think we need to go now. <laughs> oh, you should talk to Annie because she's like mastered the, the drag and scoot. Um, I, I, I don't know if that's 
I don't know if that's what she called it, but she's she's told us about how she's managed to masterfully uh, conceal that sometimes in public places. Isn't that right, Annie? That's right. But it starts with like picking out your clothing. And I'm sure Michelle does this already. Being very mindful. Like I only wear black. Although right now I'm wearing beige, but you know, I'll pay for it later. And then, risky. yeah, it's very risky, but we're going to be walking the whole time. If we were going to be sitting indoors, then I would definitely wear black but because we're walking outdoors. The beige is fine. This is, you know, you understand, Beth, this is going to require even more editing magic than usual, right? I've never oh, done, I've never done somebody in a car before. <sighs> That's sad. I mean, like edited them. Oh, okay. Gotcha. <laughs> All right, I'm sorry. You're blushing. That's so sweet. Huh? You're blushing. I said, that's so sweet. Oh, thanks. <laughs> All right. Uh, anyway, sorry to interrupt. Uh, I, I just really wanted to ask what activities fell outside that. And Michelle set me straight pretty quick. So it sounds like there's probably a lot more than those six. Um, so go ahead. <laughs> okay. Um, okay. What symptoms have you encountered of these? So we have stress incontinence, urge incontinence, nocturia, and painful ur or UTIs. Are you asking me? Yeah. Okay, definitely the stress one. Um, so if I'm jumping on the trampoline, I might leak a little bit. And then running, and it's usually like toward the end of my run that I that I noticed it. So I don't feel it while I'm running, but when I'm done, I'm kind of wet and it's not sweat. And sometimes if I'm not sure, I want to go to the bathroom, I smell it and it's like that ammonia smell. So I know at some point I've leaked during my run. Um, I don't have on incontinence but I do get up a lot like the nocturnal one during the night I don't have the, the sense of urgency either I don't um yeah so don't hang up no, I'm here. Okay, I'm here. yeah all right god oh my god you can stay I up. just think it's courteous that's oh, why I've been doing it as the sound editor I really appreciate that whatever oh yeah Beth just like nah do whatever you want he'll take Can care it'll just magically it'll be produced as a episode it'll just happen kind of I thought it was necessary too. I was meeting myself too. So that's good to know. By, by the way, don't you think that, yeah, I know we talk about merch all the time. Don't you think when Annie was talking about running and she said, or jumping on the trampoline or running or whatever, and she said, and at the end, I'm it, like kind of wet, but it's not sweat. Kind of like, kind of like a nice rhyming shirt, right? <laughs> that's great. Not the worst shirt in the world. Tagline, yep. With like a leaky, a leaky right. bladder. Kind of wet. <laughs> yeah. It's not yeah. sweat. Could be right. Our uterus is crying. Yeah. The teardrops are dripping yeah. down. Yeah. Yep. Anyone's listening, don't steal that. We're going to use it. <laughs> You've right. trademarked it already. Um, yep. Let's see. I, not so much this one incident with stress incontinence, uh, but I was drunk. Oh, I think I mentioned that in one of the last episodes and I peed my pants. You're drunk right now, right? No, I'm drinking. I'm oh, not okay. drunk yet. Uh, and okay. nocturia I have, but I was, so when I saw in the list, like, um, of women who experience urinary incontinence, I think 25% of them experience it during sex. So this, I mean, it's my podcast, so I'm going to say what I want. Um, part I always thought like I was such a sexual being that I was one of those women all of a sudden, like who's able to squirt. But now I'm thinking I probably am just peeing. 
but it comes out of, out of a different hole. So I think, no, I, okay. I think sexual being is fair. Yeah. You can own it. You were squirting. <laughs> uh, I could tell my husband that, you know, it's because he is so amazing that that's why it happened, but mm. oh, well, but not so, not so much. No. Nope. All right. All right. You want me to bleep all that out? No. Oh, okay. That's good stuff. That's comedy gold right there. All right. I didn't say his name. Okay. So, I mean, what are the causes of this? I mean, I don't know if we want to talk like medically or as it pertains to perimenopause, all, all the stuff you're describing, like what's actually making this happen? Mm-hmm. Again, we can blame everything on estrogen. Less right, estrogen right. not only thins your vaginal walls, but also your urethral tissues, uh, childbirth. So I think, yeah, Michelle, yes, go Two for hands. it. Two hands for that one. <laughs> Especially if you are, you know, if you have a geriatric pregnancy, which they will remind you of every time you go to the doctor. <laughs> How old is that? Uh, 36. 36. You can suddenly so have advanced maternal age. Oh, man. If I did have a wife, she would have done that twice. Um, <laughs> hypothetically. <laughs> so that's what they call them, huh? <laughs> Because like later on, right, your muscles are not as strong. So if you're going to have damage, it's a lot worse than if you were 20. You can recover a whole lot easier when you're 20. Your poor bits, Michelle. Um, well, you know, I have a child with a giant head. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Giant head. 99th percentile. And they didn't warn me. Yeah. Specifically? Yeah. She, they didn't warn me that her head was that big. They should have. Oh. And then I was like. The doctor was like, you know, once I started pushing, this can take hours. I was like, no. <laughs> and I pushed around 30 minutes. So giant head, 30 minutes. Oh my but God, Al. You know, it was kind of, mm. it was going to happen. There was just no coming back after that. After the giant head, was the rest like really, really easy? Probably. <laughs> I mean, like, obviously like, yeah. up pretty yeah. cool, but uh, <laughs> not mm-hmm. trying to like downplay that. <laughs> no, at that point, forget it. Michelle, did you tear? Oh yeah, yeah. Do you know what degree? I'm sure you third. Know. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was it was a it was pretty gnarly, but like it was <laughs> it was just on this side of totally awful. It was just not great. <laughs> <laughs> but I actually I started experiencing incontinence right then, like that day. I remember, oh. um, you know, being in the hospital and like babies in the little bassinet behind, next to me, and I was like, oh, I have to pee, and I got up, and as soon as I stood up, just right on the floor. Wow. Yeah. And it got better slowly, but it never went normal. Mm-hmm. That's it. Oh. Yeah. Um, yeah. So childbirth, but even if you haven't had children, uh, it can still happen just due to age and loss of estrogen. Definitely childbirth related. Um, Cause before that everything was in place and I really didn't have any issues, but not right after childbirth. Like Michelle was saying for me, it was more maybe like my oldest is 17, my youngest is 10. Maybe like two years ago, it really, I really noticed it. So it took a little while to get there. But. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we know about the symptoms, obviously. We know about some of the causes. Uh, I'm going to just because it seems like we have a pretty usual uh, order that we ask these things, but I'm going to ask you about the risk factors, of course. And it seems like the risk factors for like almost all the things that we have discussed are pretty much the same. And mm-hmm. uh, I'm assuming this falls into the same category. You could probably guess them. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but urinary incontinence is not unique to women. Lots of men 
suffer from it as well. But you're at greater risk if you're a woman. Um, and if you're an older woman, and if you're an overweight woman who smokes and has a family history of it. So those so, are the risk factors. So as I get older, are my odds going to go up that I'm going to have this? Yup. Awesome. You and your hypothetical partner can wear diapers together. Oh, that'll, that's Very fun. We're always looking for activities to do together. So that'll be nice. <laughs> yeah, or we, or we would be if she were real. Um, aside from, you know, I'm going to ask you about the complications. I mean, it sounds like all this stuff is, are, you could kind of call complications. I mean, this is, none of this stuff seems super fun, but what are some complications beyond what you've already thrown out there? Uh, so one of them is having rashes from being damp. Um, and like Annie and I'm sure Michelle have probably experienced this. I've, I will leak if I have to pee and I cough or sneeze. So I haven't really, um, lucky for me, I, I realize I'm privileged in this uh, manner, have not really had too many struggles with this. Uh, but I could see, like if, like Annie said, if she's out or working out and is soaked and then it's like lots of chafing and being wet and developing essentially like a diaper rash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you are more susceptible to urinary tract infections, which then can cause more incontinence. So it's sort of a vicious cycle with the UTIs. Um, and then there's the social emotional aspect of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, probably honestly, Andy I and Michelle that was the worst part. Like, there's ways to deal. Like I figured it out there. There are therapies, like I tried physical therapy for it and they actually have like underwear, you know, the, the period underwear that they make thinks they have a version they used to call them um, icon undies, but now they're speaks. And it's specifically for urinary incontinence. It has a different lining. And so like, I figured stuff out, right? Like, so you're not worried about like we're at work and you have to cough or something. But the, like the emotional part, like that was stressful. Like I didn't, I could not run with my child. Like I didn't run and I didn't jump because I could jump once, maybe twice. But after that third one, even if I had just emptied my bladder, the third one was going to be, we're all done. So I could not run or jump. And I have a four-year-old, like she wants to do those things. Um, So just be like, mommy doesn't run, (laughs) mommy doesn't jump. It's just, you know, kind of painful. Yeah. Yeah. Annie, social, emotional thoughts? Yeah. um, I have three friends and I don't have it as bad as they do. So I'm going to kind of speak to what I think they're probably going through. When I want to go for a walk with them or a run, it always has to be somewhere that's near a bathroom. And I'm thinking, oh my God, how limiting would that be? So I know that's really frustrating for them. And again, it's one of those things that I think they've just accepted, but oh my God, that would be, I mean, you just don't have the freedom that a lot of other people take for granted. So when should you see a doctor about this stuff? Like immediately? When? Mm-hmm. Um, essentially when it starts to impact your life and your lifestyle. Are you avoiding, like Michelle said, like I can jump twice, right? And I have a four-year-old. So if um, it you're altering your everyday activities because of it, then you should go see a doctor. Um, and then the other thing is you want to make sure it's not a more serious issue like a tumor, which was one of the things I read in an article, like make sure you don't have a tumor in there that's causing this. All right. Well, is this stuff preventable and can you treat it once it's out there or is it just like once it's there, you're stuck with it forever? And I don't and mind talking a little it. bit about treatment because I've been through a few. Yeah. So the first yeah. thing I yeah, did no, was, like, I'm excited to hear. Once, like I had recovered, um, I asked the doctor, 
uh, about it. And she sent me for physical therapy. So there is a physical therapy, which is basically kegels, right? But they teach you how to do them properly using like biofeedback. They put sensors on you and you learn how to clench your muscles. And then you watch it, you watch the electrodes. Yeah, the, uh, the electrical impulses to make sure you're doing them properly. Um, and it, it, it can be helpful, like for a lot of people, if they, you know, if you're trying, if this is due to, you know, weakened pelvic floor muscles, you're strengthening the pelvic floor. And I do feel like um, it was a little bit helpful. And for some women, it, like, it solves the problem, right? It, it helped me, but it, it didn't solve the problem. Wow. Oh, yeah. Yep. Okay. I didn't know there was a right way and a wrong way to do kegels. Yeah, I didn't either. Good to know. Really? I didn't I didn't know what kegels were until right now so we're, we've <laughs> all been educated I've literally never heard the word when I saw it on the agenda uh, k-e-g-e-l-s I was like that's probably a typo really I suspect every, every woman her age knows what kegels are so that surprises me because Matt knows a lot about women and women's health so I thought for sure you'd know kegels well, I know a decent amount about women and I know a decent amount about women's health, but probably 90% of that I've learned throughout the course of doing this podcast with you guys and Kegels has never come up before. So it was outside of my sphere of knowledge. Um, what'd you, what you say, Beth? I said, what do you think Kegels are? I have no idea. I mean, I, if you no have, idea. If you it's, had to guess, what would you guess? Yoga on the list. Does it have anything to do with yoga? <laughs> Is it like a pose? <laughs> I don't know. What is it? It's this is why I'm pelvic, on here. It's like I'm yoga on. for your you vagina. Squeeze your pelvic floor muscles. Well, why would I know what? And then that you is? just hold them, and then you really. Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. see, I learned something. Okay. Mm-hmm. That's, I think that we're all doing it right now, Beth, Michelle, and I. Are we all? I know, right? Yeah. I don't know if Michelle. I know. Or I, 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 I admit it. Like I'm sitting here trying to simulate <laughs> that right now. I mean, I'm not having any success, but I'm imagining it. I mean, if nothing else, I just learned a new Scrabble. It word. is a proper, isn't it? Oh my God. I think it's proper. It's a, isn't it a proper noun, though? I don't think you can use Yeah. Oh. Yeah, you can't use that in Scrabble. Okay, it's well, you're right. right. I didn't know that. Okay. Um, hitting me with all yes. sorts of knowledge today, but Michelle, since you have had more training on Kegels than the rest of us, it... <laughs> no, I want to make sure I'm doing it right. Because I only do them when I read somebody's posts about how they wet their pants. And I'm like, oh my God, I, I need to remember to do my kegels. I thought it was like, if you're peeing, you essentially like stop the flow of the urine and that's a kegel. No, it, yeah. does it go up? So is it like up into your, you're really you know, isolating. Like your belly so, and that I mean, whole lower the, ab region? the easiest way to describe it is squeeze your butt as hard as you can, but like isolate. Yeah. Because like the nurse, when I went was like, you know, people really? do it wrong. Cause they think to like stop the flow of urine, but you're supposed to squeeze when you squeeze um, your butt as, as tight as you can, you're pulling yeah. all those pelvic floor muscles together and you hold them for like a count of five, count of 10, and then you let go and then you do it again. Mm-hmm. Oh my God, I had no idea. So, this is exactly how I would have imagined doing it, by the way. And you so. should feel well, it in your you vagina now. when you're doing this it. Right? All clap for you. Floor, but Thanks. that's the part people tend to miss is they don't realize you have to like engage your butt as well. Wow. Okay. See, I'm trying to figure it out. <laughs> No, no. Is it your no, butt? It's, it's not your it's whole glutes, right? I'm just watching yeah. your face just now. Like just whole. trying to. Sphincter. Okay. Yeah. So this makes me think of my daughter when she was potty training, my youngest. 
was pooping and <laughs> we were sitting there encouraging her and she looked at and she was like <clears throat> sometimes you have to blank your butt and I thought that is the best oh way to describe that you have to blank your butt yeah that's solid isn't that great <sighs> all right so kegels um and the reason, so then I, I like, I added yoga because some of the, um, I love yoga with Adrian. Some of the ones that she does, she talks about, uh, right? Like the pelvic floor muscles and knowing where they are and how to move them around. But I feel like there's a lot of, a lot of nuance in those muscles. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So, I don't I'll know that yoga is really gonna do much for that there. I mean, if you are a regular practicer, if you're like a yogi, maybe <laughs> you have, you know, strengthened enough pelvic floor to prevent that, but... I don't know. It's not really concentrated on your pelvic floor for like 20 minutes. Yeah. Oh my God. I don't can't think, imagine. Do you oh. think we're like contractually obligated I mean, to say that yoga helps everything though? It's like that like, and meditation. Meditation, right, meditation and mindfulness. Uh like you know, detox and like essential oils and like no. in the background. That helps. I am a scientist. I am a scientist. Stop talking about essential oils. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh my God. <laughs> I'm not going to get the vaccine. I'm going <laughs> to spread essential uh, oil. I don't need body. to get the vaccine. I've been inhaling like eucalyptus uh, essence. I'm fine. <laughs> go ahead, Beth. Sorry. That's okay. I'm going to go through the list of sort of prevention and treatment, but then I want to do a deep dive into what Michelle yeah, solved the problem. has found, has I assume been working. And I'm really excited to learn about it. Um, Awesome. Mayo Clinic broke this down into behavioral, pelvic floor, medications, medical devices, interventional surgery, and then pads and diapers. So, you know, if you want to go like super holistic, just throw a pad on. Behavioral includes bladder training. Now, Michelle, like, mm -hmm. I would love to know if they had you try all these things. No. Okay. So bladder training is when you feel the need to urinate, you force yourself to wait 10 minutes and then you can go. But and then the next time you have needs. to pee, you make yourself wait 15 minutes. That so, defeats the purpose. Well, I don't, yeah. That's a, that's a really good question. You know, it's good for that yoga. Maybe, what'd you say, yoga? It stinks because Michelle's muted. We would have gotten a good laugh out of that on the audio. No, that's why we don't mute. <laughs> She's cracking up. They didn't say, but maybe okay. you should do the bladder training over the toilet in case you sneeze. So like you, bladder training, you just got to stay in one room like for an in, indefinite period of time. This only works if you've been incarcerated, I guess. I <laughs> Being held against your will. That's when you can flatter train. Right. Like if you've been abducted and you're being kept in like a shack with a hole in the floor. There's the silver you, lining. You, you might as well like make the most of your time. Well, I'm imagining there this is based on severity, bladder, right? Like you're not going to tell right. somebody who be... can't like even cough once to do bladder training, right? Like you've got somebody who can get a couple of coughs out first. You're probably in okay shape. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. Um, there's double voiding. So you empty your bladder completely, or at least that you think you have, and then 15 minutes or whatever, like a certain time period later, but not a long interval, you go and try and empty your bladder again. The other thing they recommend is scheduled potty breaks. So I'm going to go to the bathroom every two to four hours or whatever. 
um, and to avoid certain foods that are natural diuretics, which may- <laughs> tired of everything being like so do avoid all of the foods that make life worth living no i'm i'm gonna drink wine and i'm gonna eat chocolate and whatever other things you're gonna tell me to not drink michelle gave the finger to the camera for those of you listening at home and i completely agree and support (laughs) and annie might too i don't know Rage demons come on out and play. Chocolate's gone and someone's gotta pay. Where are you going? I thought you were gonna stay. It's perimenopause. This ends episode eight of Beth and Annie's Podcast. Please join us for the continuation of this conversation on urinary incontinence in episode 9. Until then, bleed on!